1: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL.
2: Hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's
1: Judd's Hockey Show.
2: And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgad with a side, as always, of my co-host and producer at Declan Goff, Sarah McClellan from the Star Tribune, who has been in the bubble in Edmonton, or at least quarantined in her hotel room now for, I believe, 11 days. will join the show as well to uh, preview the series and talk about life um in a hotel room twenty four hours a day for two weeks in Canada because that that's what she is experiencing. But Declan, I am just happy to say to you <laughs> hockey is back. Pretty, it is. Um exhibition games today and we're we're, uh, recording this a day before we ordinarily do on Tuesday because the Wild is going to uh, play Colorado in Edmonton in an exhibition game on Wednesday and then we're going to do a one-timer for Judd's Hockey Show on Thursday to talk about hallelujah an actual game hockey how excited are you that we are now and and we've known that this uh, Canucks Wild series was coming up now for what, two months basically? Pretty much. At least yeah. two months? Yeah. How excited are you that Sunday night, late night, you can sit down, turn on Fox Sports North, and watch an actual meaningful hockey
1: game. Dude, I'm jacked. I'm absolutely jacked. I can't wait to to watch some hockey. Wall to wall hockey, and even though tomorrow just an exhibition, that's fine. I I'm, just, I'm, with, I'm with you. I, sports are back. Baseball's back. The Marlins almost ruined everything. And actually, you know what? I, I probably shouldn't use past tense. It's, they're ruining everything. It's a current tense.
2: They're not going to be the first team Oof. outside a bubble to do this. Don't um, don't fool yourself but, on that one.
1: But in general, sports being back is huge, and I'm excited that the Wild essentially are forfeiting the regular season and going right into the playoffs. I mean, it's a play-in tournament, but it's the playoffs to me. I'm calling it the playoffs. I don't care any other, what no, else says. I think, that's says. Fine. I think you're fine. It's the playoffs. It's meaningful hockey. So the fact we, we get to – I mean, look, the Twins are back. It's great. I, I loved watching this last week. I'm excited to watch the next slew of games. But with hockey, everything's heightened right now. It's, it's the best of series and it's playoffs.
2: What are you most excited or curious about seeing from this team? Like, is there a certain position group or mm-hmm. position or player? Is there one thing that in Declan Goff's mind stands out as, I can't wait to watch this?
1: I want to see if Fiala's still legit. Um, I want to see if Matt Dumba is ready to break his snake-bitten curse. Um I'm I want to see how the goaltending looks. Yeah, whether too. whether it's Capo or Staloc or Dubnik. I really don't I'm just curious to see how the goaltending looks and how these two teams basically stack up cuz they're they're basically polar opposites. They mm-hmm. could not be more of the same. They mm-hmm. they really aren't. So I think and I think it's a good matchup too. I don't just think oh because Vancouver is is flashy up top, but the Wild have depth. I don't think it's a mismatch by any means. I think both of them offset each other and I'm excited to see who comes out on top.
2: So I'm w- with you on all of the things that you just uh, talked about, but here's mine. And this is not sexy, but I think it's going to be really intriguing to see. Okay, Ewell Eriksson against Pedersen in that line, yes. b- because I go back to one of my favorite wild things of all time. 2003 first round. Yep. Watching Wes Walls drive Peter Forsberg up the wall like Forsberg was beside him himself. And this is not because Wes was a cheap player; it's because he was that good defensively. Mm-hmm. And he knew that his assignment was th- this guy. If he if he got points or goals, those were gravy. Yeah, those were fine. Sure. Um, but his whole assignment in that series was to take this standout player and drive him crazy. And Wes Walls did a great job. And I think Eric Sinek has that capability. Um, He definitely can drive people crazy, and the other thing is, I think if he does his job as well as I think he can, some goals, not a ton, but some goals will come, Mm -hmm. but I just, Pedersen's such a good player, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens when, for an extended period of time, one guy basically focuses on him 24-7.
1: Yeah, I love an antagonizing player like that. And that's why I like Eck. Like, look, is, is Eck going to materialize to the first-round pick status? And are we always going to compare him to Brock Besser? Of course we will. It's not fair. But he, I also think he, he has a great role here. And I love guys like this on any Minnesota sports team. Like, Gabriel Landeskog has obviously a lot more offensive prowess than Joel Erickson Eck ever will. But he's a pest to play against. I hated playing against him, watching him play against the Wild in the 2014 run. And all the Wild, boys, oh, a cheap player. He's dirty. He does this. If, you, no. if that's on your team, totally you are you. celebrating that. Yes. You're clanking your little bat blues at Tom Reed's. <laughs> Don't even give me that. Don't give me that for a second. If the Wild signed a guy like that, you'd be all in on it. So... I, I'm curious to see how he does. I'm. I, I know we're probably going to ask Sarah about it, her thoughts too on it. So I, I think Eck is is going to be an integral role because yeah, he's essentially the shutdown role. I mean, Miko too to a degree, but
2: right. But, but he's not the main guy now. He's going to be. He e- used to be that guy. Eck is
1: going to be out there for probably. I would imagine, Judd, 15 minutes a night.
2: And and that Canucks line is going to get frustrated, and they're going to start doing dumb things, and that's the yes. one, that can change a series. If you get in a guy's head, a star player's head, a really good player's head, if you if you occupy space in said player's cranium, that can shift a series because now he's frustrated, and now the team looks at the second line. It's like, what can you guys do? Mm-hmm. And and when that happens. Good teams are ripe for meltdowns. So. Yes, they are. Uh, w- one pr- prediction before we get to our conversation with Sarah. This came to me because I've heard, and now he didn't have a great 2019-20 Dex, Um and I've heard some rumors that he might be on the trade block. I think there's a chance that come training camp for 2021 that there is an opportunity that Yule Ericksonek could be teammates with Brock Besser.
1: Oh yes, Loc- I
2: didn't. Local this. kid, see local kid. Yeah, uh, I believe, and this is no slight. Okay, just to be clear, very close to his family. Yep, dad's had some serious health problems. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no way w- with a young guy who is close to his family that that does not affect him. He's in Western Canada, which I'm sure it is tough. Um, I think that there is a chance, and this would be a trade of substantial means. So you you would not you would not get Brock Besser for cheap. But I would like to predict that there will be an opportunity if Bill Guerin wants, and the question is, does he, um, to get Brock Besser? Because Brock Besser being able to come home and play here would probably be a blessing for for his off the ice, uh, for he his family.
1: It, it would take it would take a little bit of work. Um, you're probably looking at uh, one of the first round picks of the Wild have at their disposal, assuming that they have two going into this draft. You're probably looking at parting with a Matthew Boldy. Yes, and, that's and, a good one. And I would totally do it. I'd pull the trigger 100%. I, I think Besser's going to command a, a, a new contract, you know, that's probably going to be pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. But Judd, Besser, Kaprizov, Fiala, are you kidding me?
2: Yep. I mean, the only question then is, and this is going to be the question right. until Garen answers it, and it's not in goal,
1: Yep. number one going. center. I know you're going.
2: Yeah. Um, but, man, you are talking... You are now talking some top six firepower, uh, unlike this organization, has never seen. Never seen. But I just, I think that Besser, um, being as close to his family as he is, you know, there's no way that a kid like that is not impacted negatively by being as far away as... As he's been, and I just believe that there, because he, he's a great kid. Yes, uh, I just believe that there might be an opportunity here if you're Billy Guerin uh, to, if you will pay the price, to reach out and uh, get
1: Brock look, Besser. Look, I, I, would say, I would think the wild. How um, about that for reckless speculation? Yeah, I love it. Do I, you I, like th- that reckless speculation? I, I, do. I, oh, I, I like that reckless do. speculation. I know a couple weeks ago, too, he said it's really unnecessary. He told NHL.com about that. Besser did. I mean, he addressed the trade rumors um and and whatnot but i i would i would imagine it's part of the conversation i don't think the wild would be the front runner to get them but they're up there they certainly because it makes the most sense
2: to send them home yeah it does like if the wild will give will give up the package it makes sense to send him here
1: and look vancouver i would would rightfully so ask for the moon and stars for this kid and that's what i said uh, absolutely you're, you're talking a first round pick a prospect i don't know maybe even someone NHL ready like if all right we're we're going down a path here but what if it was
2: bring it on declan recklessly speculate my ears off all right
1: if it was if it was brodeen or dumba take your pick Kay. and the first round pick and matthew boldy would you st- would you pull the trigger
2: i would need a little something more from vancouver you need
1: better and something else um
2: how about how about the first round pick and boldy and I, I think, and a little something else from you i
1: bet they would ask for more i don't like like i mean they might ask for brodeen yeah brodeen or dumbos all right fine going what, to be traded right how right? about brodeen and a first round pick Oh
2: boy, Brodeen's so damn good, but he's at the end of his contract as well. I mean, I, I look—that's a tough one for me to definitely say yes to. But you're—I think you're in the ballpark of being absolutely correct.
1: Yeah. Well, last time I did trade rumors, it, got, it, it was taken very well, so I would imagine so that I—I. I, I well, you were trying to, to
2: do—you were trying to do in-depth things to get defensive centers and stuff <laughs> like that. But no, I—I I think you're probably right. Look, I think Brodeen or Dumba is going to be dealt. I really do. And mm-hmm. I think it's probably going to be Brodeen based on contract because uh, he's not going to be cheap. And, and you know, we, we've talked about this on the show before. The salary cap is going to remain flat, all of that good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, Brodeen, Do I have to do a first-round pick yes. with Brodeen?
1: I think you have to. I'm tempted, man. I'm very tempted. I mean, now I have I've two got... I at my disposal. Now why I've wouldn't got, you?
2: Now I've got... Yeah... Yeah, that's a good point. Now I've got Fiala in my top six. Uh Kirill caprisov Is that right? Is Caprizov. it Kap- No, 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 it's not Kaprizov. It's Caprisov, I believe. Or soft. It's it's the when the Wild signed him, they issued the pronunciation guide. It's not Kaprizov. We've been saying it wrong. I almost don't care at this point. Okay. Um, but Kirill and then Besser. And I mean my top six, my wings are in great shape though. Mm-hmm. There you are. Uh, interesting. In- interesting. O- okay. Think um, about it. Enough from us. Um, let's turn our conversation now uh, to a sit down that we had with uh, Star Tribune wild reporter Sarah McClellan, who tells us all about being in quarantine in Edmonton. Here's the conversation. Okay. So l- let's start off with this. How has quarantine gone, Sarah? And how does it work? I mean, can you can you walk around the hotel? Can you step foot outside th- the room? Or is this just a total, basically two week lockdown for you?
0: Yep, that's pretty much what it is. It is me and this 285 square foot room. (laughs) So it's been going really well. Actually, I can't believe it's day 11. Uh, So Friday is my last day. I will be out Saturday morning. And it's been flying by, I think, just because it's, it's a busy time right now. The NHL is obviously coming back exhibition action is starting up games are starting up this weekend. So there's a lot to cover. There's a lot of questions to ask a lot of writing to do. So I've kind of found my routine and I've kind of found my groove and it's helped the days just kind of fly by, but you're right. Like it's, it's just me in this room. I can't leave. I haven't roamed the hotel. My food gets dropped off outside the door and I hear a knock and I open it and it's there. And that's it. That's I open the door a couple times a day to get food, and that's it. I have a window, but it doesn't open, so I haven't had fresh air in a little while. But oh my gosh. Uh, the countdown is on. I'm almost at the finish line.
2: So, if you could, could you, if you thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to just take a quick walk around the floor of the hotel. Are they watching you closely, or could could you probably fudge just? And I'm not saying go outside, but I'm just saying because at first it, it has to be uh, a bit, you know crazy to think that you're stuck could you get away with hedging just a little bit or is that almost impossible
0: i haven't tried so i'm not sure how you know how it would be enforced in terms of the hotel you know i I think i've just tried to embrace it like these are the rules you know i can only be in my room and i've tried to stick with it obviously and like i said it's been going well so far um i'm not sure how busy the hotel is like i'm not sure if there's staff (laughs) roaming around so i'm not sure um kind of like how it would be policed um, but obviously when you come into Canada, they tell you the rules. This is part of the expectation, and I've been following it, and it's been a unique experience. Obviously, I'm chronicling like what this is like for the Star Tribune, so I've just embraced it and gone all in, and I'm actually really comfortable. I think, I think I'm think i going to have a hard time saying goodbye to this room. I'm not going to lie. Like, like, it starts to feel familiar, and when you are in the same space and it's all you have for almost two weeks now, like, I think I might have, like, a tough time saying goodbye.
1: (laughs) So, Sarah, is it just, like, you're doing, obviously, Zoom calls, you're still writing on for the Star Tribune, I mean, and then, what, is it just, like, Netflix? Is it streaming services? Like, what else are you doing to keep yourself busy in the little room?
0: So, I have done some Netflix. I I have caught up on uh, some movies, and and I started a show, and so I have that. Uh, But probably one of the most uh unpredictable or unexpected parts of quarantine so far is I've gotten roped into WWE because it is always on TV. Yes, Sarah, <laughs> yes. <you> <laughs> this Instagram is great. stories, I've been kind of uh, reporting on how often it's on TV and what I'm seeing. And it's funny because I, I used to watch when it was WWF back in the day. Like as a kid growing up in Alberta, Brett Hart, the Hart Foundation, like I was all in. I knew everybody's birthday. I knew their hometown. I loved wrestling. And as I got older, I, you know, just kind of fell out of interest and stopped following it. But it is always on TV here. Like anytime I turn on the TV and I look at the guide, I usually see it. So I've started watching it again and I'm, and you know, the characters are different. The storylines are different. So it's been unique to trying to like, catch up but not catch up but kind of figure out what's going on and like I think I'm invested now. Like, <laughs> I, like, I think that has been kind of my staple in quarantine is I'm watching WWE, which I never would have expected.
1: Sarah, this is music to my ears. W- <laughs> I, I, Phil in, Phil and and Mackie, get Mackie back here. So, Phil Mackie and I, we, we, we recap old WrestleManias. We do it once a week, every Tuesday, and we just go back and we watch an old one. We go in chronological order, so we're up to 1999. We just finished that one about a half hour ago. And I, I know it's definitely not the same as it used to be. No, but it, but it is entertaining. Not. Like people that always rip on wrestling for being fake and and being staged.
0: Ninety nine percent of the things you watch outside of sports are fake and staged. Right, right. It is different. Like I've noticed that it is more. It feels very much more of a storytelling medium now, and it is more about entertainment. I feel like when I used to watch, so much was just about the wrestling and you know the technique, and it was just. You know the just I don't know the technical aspect of everything, and now it's like bad blood, and there's all these monologues, so much more talking. And what's unique now is they have like boards up, like they have plexiglass around everything, so it almost feels like hockey. In some instances, (laughs) these guys are getting thrown into these plexiglass boards, and I'm I'm just watching this because I don't know everything in the history, but it has hooked me. Like I, I said yesterday. I think I might have to track down SummerSlam. Like, I think I might yes. be watching <laughs> SummerSlam this year, probably for the first time since, like, 1995.
2: <laughs> I would have never pegged you as a wrestling fan. Like, if, if you had said, come, come up with one surprising thing, I never would would have looked at you and said, I think that Sarah likes wrestling. So that is a, that's great. That's awesome.
0: Well I think you know like I said a lot of it I think has to do and it and it kind of makes sense being back in Edmonton this is where I'm from this is my hometown like that was just kind of part of it back then like stampede wrestling was a big deal in the 80s and uh you know going to wrestling matches that was kind of normal back then like they you could go and you know the Hart family is from it's from Alberta in Calgary. And so I just grew up watching it. Like I grew up, I had this stuff, animals and Hulk Hogan <laughs> and ultimate War Randy Savage was my other favorite and macho man. And so, I mean, I was familiar with it, but you know, like I said, you kind of fall out and you don't follow along and you lose track. But, uh, I think I'm hooked now again. I don't know. We'll oh, see. man. I love it. You sound hooked. Here. I think you are hooked, yes. I'm on here. <laughs> Canadians must love their wrestling.
2: Exactly. Oh, okay, so 14 days in quarantine. I want your prediction. Are, are you doing this because... It, your prediction is that the Wild is going to um, oust the Canucks, and if that's the, the case, it could turn into for the team a prolonged stay, or are you dubious that you spent 14 days in that room and you're going to see, let's say, four games and come home?
0: <laughs> you know what? I am not sure, and I I have looked at it this as I'm doing this to be able to cover something that has never happened before, and maybe never will. And that is just this unprecedented return, a historic return. We've never seen a league try to, you know, restart like this. Um, like the NHL is obviously for its sport for hockey. You know, basketball is doing its thing. MLB is doing its thing. Uh, but for hockey to restart like this with two bubbles uh, in two Canadian cities, a new format, twenty-four teams that yep. essentially made the playoffs. And so I've looked at this as okay, it's fourteen days to cover something. Uh, be in person to witness something that people are going to be thirsty and hungry to know about. And I think not just, you know, if you're a hockey fan, you're going to reconnect with your team, you want to see how they do. I think people are going to just be interested to see what it looks like and how it sounds and how it looks and if it feels the same. Are people going to feel the same about sports? So, Mm -hmm. you know, no matter how the wild does, no matter if, you know, they're eliminated quickly or they go on a run, um, this is an incredible opportunity to share that. And I, and I, I really applaud the Star Tribune for sending me here and wanting to convey that and give that access and insight to our readers and the state of Minnesota. Uh, because nothing like this has happened before for hockey. Definitely. And we're going to tell them about it.
2: So just to be clear, are you, are you in the bubble or are you? Sort of in it, or how how is that going to to work as far as this this, uh, fiefdom that the league has created for an an exclusive club um, of people who are, I guess, technically totally immersed in what they're calling the bubble?
0: So I don't live in the bubble. Um, I am outside the bubble at a hotel, but I will be allowed inside the bubble, the arena, for games only. So that is my only access. No independent media are allowed full-time in the bubble. Uh, we will be allowed a certain limited amount of media to cover the game, and that is it. So I don't go to practice. Uh, I'm just kind of hanging out in my hotel otherwise. Uh, but come game, come game time, I will be able to go inside and watch.
1: And, and Sarah, is it like pretty strict protocols, like you have to enter a certain place, you can't wander off to a certain area, like you basically are following a yellow brick road, if you will, through to your arena and throughout the arena. I got to imagine, too, that that's, it's not complicated, it's it's part of the safety protocols, but it's definitely really, really strict and a, lot, a little different than going to the XL Energy Center in the middle of January.
0: Exactly. There are very specific protocols. Um, for, I guess, the tier of access that I'm in for media. You're right. There's a specific door to enter. Um, my temperature will get checked. I will have to kind of fill out a survey of how I'm feeling. And all of that will be tracked. I will also have to wear a mask when I'm in the arena. And I'm expecting, you know, to be socially distant, you know, with wherever they set me up, whether it's a press box or I'm not sure what type of seating map or setup they may have for us. Uh, because it's going to look different in there, I think from what we've been able to see so far in terms of graphics and images, it looks like the lower bowl will have like LED screens and stages, so you're not just probably going to see empty seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure if that's extended to the upper bowl or if they feel like they have enough room in the press box for the press that is on hand to cover. But you're right, it's it's not going to be like just showing up to Excel Energy Center and you have your you know you go in and um you kind of may be free to roam i think it's going to be very strict and and again i just kind of hammers home this is happening during a pandemic this is still very much a part of the reality um it is here in edmonton obviously i haven't been able to get out and see what the bubble setup looks like from the periphery but i can see the coverage on the news and you know it is fenced and gated and um, there's kind of banners around the gate, you know, that kind of just say Edmonton, Ice District, Alberta. Uh, but it is cordoned off and it looks like based on what I've seen on the news, like, you know, fans are coming down here to downtown Edmonton to see if they can get a glimpse, but it looks pretty hard. Like it, it is hard and to get a, to get a peek of anybody because it is such still a very big setup with a courtyard and room to play basketball and then obviously the chain of hotels. So. It's going to be different, but you know, at the essence, I think you know probably what players are thinking and how I'm looking at it too. It's still a game. It's still hockey. You know, the periphery, the circumstances are all different, but a game is going to be played, and I'm going to write about it. And that's what I know, and that's what they know.
2: Amen. Uh, best guess, game one, who's in goal for the Wild?
0: Oh, putting me on the spot. You know what? I've kind of gone back and forth thinking about this and, and you know, because I, I really do think this is the biggest question surrounding the Wild and it might be uh, the biggest factor that determines the team's success and fate in in this tournament. I wouldn't be surprised if, You know, the team tries to put the genie back in the bottle and recreate the magic that was the run. It was on right before everything stopped. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're seeing a lot of the same lines. We're seeing a lot of the same defensive pairings, like what this team was doing right before the season stopped. And if that's the case, that means it's Alex Stalock, which, you know, for a backup and someone who doesn't have, you know, as much experience as Devin Dumnik, maybe that's surprising Uh, I think the exhibition game Wednesday will probably be a, you know, maybe a strong indicator. I'm not sure. We haven't been told if they're going to split the game, if it's going to be one goalie for the entire game. But we're expecting the starting lineup for that game. That is their only real primer against another team before Sunday's game one. So that could maybe tip the hand. Uh, so that's just such a tough one right now. You know, do you go with the experience of Devin Dubnik? Or do you go with who kind of helps get you here, which is Alex Stalock? I think probably what they've seen in camp, and like I said, that exhibition game might finalize the decision. But it could be the tipping factor in this series because we know Vancouver is set in that regard with Jacob Markstrom, who had a career year and is coming back kind of ready to roll after some injury troubles during the season. So goaltending, like it usually does, might really decide the playoff series this go-around.
2: Do you know what intrigues me? Capo intrigues yeah. me, because what if he's the guy? Like, you you could find out here. You've got You're five right. games. If if this kid plays well, you, you have solved, I, I think, what's going to be a pretty big question mark uh, for 2021, right? I mean, yeah. there's got to be, I would think that there at least has to be some temptation to say, let's give it a shot.
0: And I, I don't think it's unrealistic to expect he could get minutes at some point, because what is unique about this, is the five-game series. Your margin for error is so slim. You can't really lose two games in a row. You can't really lose game one. Uh, you can't fall in a hole. So if something starts to feel like it's going sideways, he might get in there. And I say that because, obviously, his credentials, he's the reigning AHL goalie of the year. He had a terrific season in the minors. But he also looked like he could handle the NHL when he made his debut. He was 3-1-1, he just looked cool as a cucumber. And having talked to him in camp and looking how he's looked in the scrimmages that he's, that he's appeared in so far, didn't let a goal in. And, you know, it's an inter-squad scrimmage. He only played two periods. But he just seems calm. And I think that demeanor is so key in the playoffs because your teammates feed off of that, and they need to be confident in the guy who's in the net. So if things start to kind of get shaky, I wouldn't be surprised if they go to him and, and see and, you know, see, maybe it's only a period, but see if he can handle that. And if he settles it down, you're right. Maybe he is the guy to kind of lead this team in the present, and it certainly should help his case for the future.
1: Sarah, Kevin Fiala was obviously on such a tear those last eight weeks before the pause. And in, in practice and scrimmages, it looks like the guy has, has not missed a beat. Do, do you feel like he can still be the dynamic player he was in those first in, in the last eight weeks before the season was paused?
0: Honestly, that's probably the other factor that will that will decide the wild fate in this series is whether Kevin Fiala can pick up where he left off. Uh talking to him, he sounds super confident. He doesn't think that was a fluke. He thinks that's who he is and that's who he's going to be. So, if that's in place and he knows that he can be that guy and he will be counted on to be that guy, I don't see why he can't. Um, you know, obviously Vancouver has I think more depth of star power up front with uh, Elias Peterson, and, and Brock Besser. But I think Fiala could be that X-factor type player. I think he could be that player that can change a series and change a game. And if he is, I think that really helps the Wilds' chances. Uh, because you know all the attention is going to be on Vancouver's top players. Right. And the Wild will have a strategy to neutralize that, whether it's Joel Erickson X, Jared Spurgeon, Ryan Suter. I think that the edge in defense goes to the Wild. So, if they can find a way to score, that might be, obviously, then tying back into goaltending, that might be the difference in this series.
2: Give me a player that, that you expect to bounce back. And so, a, a player who, when play stopped, might not have been terrible, but was struggling. Is there a player, uh, Dumba, Mats, a guy like that, who, who you expect that this pause will actually have helped and will bounce back pretty strong in this uh, qualifying round?
0: That's a really good pick. I think that's probably maybe right on the money as far as someone who could really shine in this, um, who was maybe a little under the radar. Clearly, this wasn't the season Matt Dumba was anticipating. He has his set high on being you know, a goal producer, just a point machine from the blue line. And it didn't happen this season. And I think some slack should be given for the fact that he was coming back from a very um, difficult injury, having torn his peck. Um, so, but now he's had another four months just to kind of reset, train, get, you know, rested up. And Matt just, just seems like a player who totally feeds off of pressure and the stage and the excitement. And I think the fact that, you know, the wild is in this tournament, it's got this second life. I think he'll he'll feed off of that. And I think that he could be kind of that lightning rod. Um, Obviously he has to kind of, you know, walk that fine line and um, pay attention to his defensive responsibilities. But if he gets going, he seems like he could be that streaky type player who can just attract good things on the ice, make, make good things happen. And that's what the wild needs. This is such a short window. Like I can't stress enough, this five game series is totally going to make this journey harder. It's going to make it longer, obviously, for those teams that qualify in advance. Uh, but you, it's going to be tough and you need to be quick. You need to come together quickly as a team. And he's, I think, a guy who could be that glue to help the Wild get on a run early.
1: How, how big is Joel Erickson-Eck also going to be, Sarah, to try to slow down that that Vancouver top line? Both these teams offensively are paired so differently. Obviously, the Wild have pretty good depth one through four where Vancouver's super top-heavy, but I have to imagine that Eck line or whoever he is paired with is going to be probably tasked with shutting down those big playmakers for Vancouver.
0: You're right, and that, that's what makes him, I think, another key to this series because that is such a difficult assignment trying to stop Pedersen. And, you know, Besser, if he's on his wing, or JT Miller. But, uh, I think if anyone on the wild is suited, if you look up the middle, it's probably him. And I think that's just because he, I don't think, shies away from that matchup. He's not in, he doesn't seem to be intimidated by it. And I think his style of play, he's not like a, he's not like a bona fide agitator, instigator. He's not like a Brad Marchand, like he, you know, is maybe trying to get under your skin. He just does because of the way that he plays, like just his work ethic. He jams his stick in there and he's on you along the boards and he just takes away your time to think and your time to move and your space to skate. So he seems like he's probably the best option the wild has to match up. And if he can kind of neutralize and shut down that line, it totally gives more opportunity for the wild to maybe get some more favorable matchups with their scoring line the fialo line um i, I really think the depth players could be a big asset for the wild in this series the the felino line yep. even the, the miko koivu line because even though that's the fourth line with miko's proficiency on faceoffs, that's a line that could start with the puck almost every shift if he's locked in on draws and that's so key in the playoffs to dictate Um, The pace of play, the direction of play. So, you know what? Vancouver has the firepower up front, a lot of big names, but the work in the trenches can't be overlooked, and the Wild might have the edge in that area.
2: I'm torn here. Do you think that we're seeing the last of Koivu? Because in that fourth line role, he actually slots in pretty darn well. Uh, But that being said, I I think the team is trying to change its culture a little bit as well. Do you think that this is it for Koivu, or or are you not going to be surprised if he comes back on a one-year, pretty cheap contract uh, and goes back into that fourth-line role that that he seemed to be playing well when uh, play
0: stopped? It may depend on what happens in this tournament, and I think that's how he's looking at it. I think he's kind of put a decision on the back burner to just kind of embrace the present, focus on the series at hand. But I just can't think that maybe the results will be tied to his decision. If this is a long, meaningful run – Maybe that's enough for him, maybe that satisfies what he feels he has left to accomplish um, but if it's if this is a quick kind of one and done, maybe that fuels the fire. I think for Koibu, he has said like what's really going to matter to him is how he feels mentally and physically. I think mentally he's been there, he's been prepared, he's enjoying himself, which I think is a big part of this. This mm-hmm. process has still been fun for him, uh, but physically can he be there and perhaps this is no better opportunity to gauge that since he's coming in rested and refreshed. I think that's probably the most unique thing about this playoffs is when's the last time a team started the post like at square one, not with 82 games right. kind of lingering and battle weary. And like everyone is starting fresh. And I think for a team like the wild, that's encouraging and that maybe boosts your confidence because you know, you're at the same level as Pittsburgh, as Toronto, as, as Washington they just had four months off too so I think that the scenario here is probably pretty inducive for for Miko to get a good handle on where he's at physically and mentally and then maybe the Wild's results from there kind of help fill in the blanks for him
2: last thing where is Koril <laughs> in Russia is he on his way to Edmonton <laughs> do we know where I, I know he can't play but do we know his whereabouts these days
0: Still trying to get here. Uh, this is, I think, even at the best of times, this is probably a complicated travel situation, you know, making sure work visas and travel um, is squared away. Uh, having traveled recently, mm-hmm. just even from the United States to Canada, it is not normal right now. It is not normal um, situations at the airport. Like, you know, I was coming here for work, And I still had my documents vetted so thoroughly, unlike any other road trip I've ever taken. And, you know, that's the world we're living in right now with this pandemic and the restrictions. So I'm not surprised it's taking longer in that regard because it's just it's not normal right now. It's tougher. But the goal is still to get him here, get him acclimated and get him familiar. He can practice. Obviously, like you said, he can't play. Um, But I think that time would be well spent just to start to get familiar if he's able to join the team at some point um, and satisfy whatever quarantine he'd have to do beforehand.
2: Sarah, great stuff. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah.
0: Take care. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level
1: with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for
0: more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.